From Breaking Bad to Calling Soul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek, we're talking to Marvel TV, The Gifted, Episode 2. My name is Mitch, joining me, Matty. Yo. Usually I'd say Captain Marvel, but you can be Captain X-Men here because <laughs> some X-Men live TV. We uh, we, we raved about the pilot when we uh, did our uh, pilot review a couple of podcasts ago and then into episode two and it's like okay is it going to suffer the usual episode two are they going to throw everything at us in episode one and then really scale things back in episode two and focus more on the dialogue and especially in a show like this which is packed full of superpowers and you know heavy special effects and all that sort of gear um they didn't really go light if anything they might have done things a little bit more in this episode there's a lot going on here and if it's for a show about mutants with superpowers, they certainly don't hide from that fact. Um, yeah, I, I, I watched this episode twice, mm. and I have to say, the second time around, I'm like, oh, actually, nothing really happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot going on in it, but I feel like it's a lot of setup. Yeah. Um, unless obviously whatever's happening with Blink whether that's going to be an ongoing thing. Mm. Like, if that's just a one-off, I'm like, well, I don't get it. What? what instigated it, what instigated her suddenly being ill and her powers going out of control. And I mean, was it just a natural progression? Like of her powers growing? Yeah. I'm not sure, but sort of, if you take that element out of it, I was like, Oh, it's actually just a, a lot of setup. So I'm curious as to whether maybe you'll know, cause you like getting into this stuff is, did this premiere as a two parter? Was this the second half or. Oh, was gee. It, Obviously, was it like a, yeah, wasn't was Australia, it a two-hour premiere or was it just? I don't know now. I know that the yeah. uh, I, I know I, I want to say even the Runaways in Australia was, but definitely was in the states. I don't know about the Gifted actually because it obviously was yeah. on in the US months ago. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting actually because it was obviously a very effective cliffhanger at the end of last episode with uh, with them traveling through the portal, the father getting shot, yeah. and uh, and stuck back in the warehouse. Um, but yeah, it, it still would have worked for this to have been the cliffhanger-ish type of ending to a, a double episode pilot. Yeah, I'd have to look yeah, into that. Yeah, because it, it does set up a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously it sets up the um, the power suppressing collars, yeah. which have been an X-Men standard for mm. since the cartoon. Like mm. even, even back then, it's like, you know, chuck a collar on, the collar on them and they're, they're just humans again. Yeah. So I like that there was a variation on that in this. It's like, it didn't, completely like didn't just like cut off their powers they had no access to it but it's like well, if they use their powers mm. it's gonna hurt like a mofo yeah so i loved as we're going through this we're seeing polaris fighting her collar and and not having that power stripped away from her and but then having the willpower to fight through yeah like just so she can mm. you know to get through i i really i really enjoyed that part of it mm. but jesus her storyline is dark at the moment yeah like that prison fight oh that was, yeah man that's Oh. That was dark. That I mean, we're we're guys 
so we'll never know the that experience or even the 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 threat of that experience but the idea that even whether early stages or what but being pregnant and have someone kick you with all their might in the stomach like that was yeah. so ugh, to watch like and to yeah. do it like to beat her up and go oh we heard you're pregnant then target her stomach yeah because she's a mutant. Yeah, and as we're going to well. see how much this mutie baby can handle, how strong it is. I'm like, I oh, well, at least they won't do it. You know, you'll have that the the other chick come in and save her. No, or just be a threat no. or something. Bang. Yeah. No, oh, no. I that thought was for tough sure it'd be watch, a threat. Man. It'd be like you get out of our way, or we will, you know, kick you in the stomach. And yeah. no, they just did it. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, she's um, she's. As a, it kind of puts into perspective all the whinging that the um, Strucker kids are doing, like yeah. Andy in particular. It's like, <laughs> mate, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I left my ne- I left my <laughs> I left my phone at home. It's like I don't have, I don't have an iPod with me. It's like, yeah, you could be in prison. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, what's the go with that prison? That that is like a it's not a juvenile prison, or maybe it is, but it's 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 humans and mutants. Yeah, so, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that they didn't like. They're obviously trying them and charging them as being mutants. They wouldn't have a special mutant prison to put them in, or even like a juvenile mutant prison to put them in. Yeah, I was I was surprised that um, that they stuck them in there. But in saying that, I like the turn that on the outside you've got these giant powers, but in here, at least that's what the you know biggest one in the yard was saying. Uh, I've got the power in here. Yeah, know? and it's almost there's there's I mean we haven't seen sort of who's running the prison or anything like that, but I I kind of got that vibe. It's like. They're intentionally doing it. Mm. It's it's like, you know, when you hear about, you know, when like pedophiles get put into a prison, they'll put them in general population. Yeah. And the other inmates will take care of them. And like, enough. you know, mm. so it's, I almost feel like there's that, that dark side of it there where it's like, well, yes, they probably could segregate the mutants from the, from the humans, mm. but they don't Yeah, just to kind of make everything for the mutants that much worse. Yeah. Like, yeah just yeah. so, you know, they can, they just feel that hatred. Yeah. There. And they, it's like, one of the through lines with with any of the mutant stories, it's like, well, no matter how much like hate and and that they get from humans, it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, we've got our power to protect ourselves, mm. and, and it's like, well, here, she's had everything stripped away, her family, her friends, her powers, mm. and she's just on her own, just feeling that hate, and she's got no way to defend herself. Yeah. So it re- it's like I don't know, and then it's like, oh, and we'll kick your unborn baby as yeah. well. It's like I don't know how much lower she can go from yeah, there, yeah, yeah. like. Oh, it was intense. I was, I felt really uncomfortable watching it, but in like, in a good way. It's like, oh, it's like, I, I really hope like someone gets, someone in that prison gets their comeuppance or like, I just want to see her just break out of her, um, collar and just go nuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as much as, you know, they probably won't do that. Mm. I just, I want that, that feeling I got when Andy finally fought back to the bullies. Mm, mm. He wasn't targeting them directly, but his powers just got so out of control that that these people realized, Oh shit, we're we're out, we're yeah. done. You know, I kind of want I kinda of want that comeuppance for the for those prisoners. Yeah. But if this is what they're doing to to Polaris in episode two <laughs> oh, Where I do don't we know go if that's here? yeah. <laughs> well, I actually really like the way this episode started. Not necessarily because it was a flashback, but it did show more of what Reed struck of the father. Kind of what I was saying last week that I really liked that 
they didn't betray who he was at the start of the episode with who he was at the end. It wasn't like he decided to save his kids, uh, even though beforehand he was like, you know, the horn-rimmed glasses guy, you know, the cheerleader's dad mm. from Heroes. Like, he was evil and he was killing mutants. But then all of a sudden these kids are mutants and, oh, well, he's, you know, he's, he's completely left that life behind. Nor was he a good guy and then did good things for his kids at the end. He was just a prosecutor. Like, I'm here yeah. to prosecute mutants. And he was a specialist in that field and he was hard with them where he could be. And he was a bit of an asshole to Polaris when he's like, oh, look at this. Oh, you're pregnant. And, you know, got her really upset. Mm. But at the same time, he was only doing his job. So yeah. when he, yeah, when he, when he, when he opted to save his kids at the end and and sort of you know sympathise with mutants, I didn't feel like that was a betrayal of who they set him up. No, at the start. I I think the way they're setting him up is he's just and you see it a lot of people people they just do things because that's what their parents did. People mm. people do things because oh that's that's the the status quo. That's the way it is. They don't think actually think about what they're doing. Mm. And I feel like that's who Reed is. He was this just guy just going through life. Doing his job, yeah, because it's and I think he says one point it was the it's the law, yeah. He he thinks he's doing the right thing because he's following what the law. He's not thinking about the fact that the law is wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this particular instance, yeah. So it's only by experiencing it from the other side of being the parent of these mutants, he kind of he's almost like he's seeing himself from the other side. And he's going, oh god, is mm. this what all these mutants are going through? And that I've been responsible, I've been responsible for this. Yeah, for what these people are going through. And it's like he's slow, and they're not giving it to us all at once. He's just having that that moment of realization that it's like, oh, okay, maybe I, I wasn't. But he's not. He's not evil. Mm. But it's just he's kind of becoming a bit more self aware mm. and aware of of the world around him, yeah. which I find I find really interesting. Especially in a series, it's like if it was a movie. You'd need to move along really. Yeah, quickly. of course. Yeah. But obviously, in a slow burn series, it's great that they're taking a little bit of time with that, and he's, you know, but it's not too. Oh, moral dilemma. Oh, what do I do? He's there's none of that. He's just kind of experiencing it and we're experiencing it with him. Yeah. And I like the way they did that with his wife as well at the end when she went to the hospital with uh, Eclipse to get um all the drugs for for Blink back in Who knew um, how easy it was to steal from a hospital by the way? I know. That's what I'm like my uh, my wife is a nurse and there's been some pretty bad shit happen when people have misplaced a drug mm. uh, let alone um, steal it and, and she's sure just, it's that easy she's like swiping the shells she's just straight the bag swiping the shells in yep. front of cops whatever but how she you know dr- took him in under the false pretense that oh, he'd just been injured it wasn't like he was in this giant fight with you know the sentinel services or anything like that and you know then the doctor pulls her aside and says look at your bruises so is this a domestic violence case and she's like why why would you say that oh well you know mutants are powerful and once they get out of mm. control and she's like how dare you because it was a bit insulting to her as what well. wasn't just like she was taking offense on Eclipse's behalf that he was being called a domestic abuser when he wasn't but it was like well you're lying about it you're obviously here and you're lying about it. no I'm not yeah. how dare you call me a liar and how dare you refer to that's just because he's a mutant and then her sort of go through the rest of that day at the hospital just go like how I can't believe they treat you like that and mm-hmm. then he he was great in the car going that was that was nothing like that's that like was, that's, that's like a, a dream day that's a one yeah like out of ten that's like a one that's yeah. of what we get every day yeah but and, and the, yeah, with with the father at the start, how it did have in the flashback, like how you know was it like a year earlier or something, and he helped that young girl at the um, at the bowling at, alley. At the bowling alley. That when, whole scene was perfect. It was great. Yeah, and he's like to the, to the father, look what she just did. 
is actually illegal and she'd get in trouble for it. And he's like, but she didn't mean it. Look, I know she didn't mean it. Just get the hell out of here. We don't have to do anything. So even though it is his job, especially a year ago when his kids, one of his kids didn't even know they were a mutant, was his job to report that, you know, possibly even persecute them, charge them, whatever. He didn't want to do it because he's like, yeah. that's not your fault. You know, you, you were being traumatized and, you know, your dad traumatized you as well by trying to protect you and all that. Yeah. But just how different this, this world is opposed to the world of the X-Men movies where everyone knows there are mutants everywhere, but most of those mutants and like 99% of them hide their powers from everybody. So yeah. you don't know walking past someone on the street whether they're a mutant well, in that it, world. And in the in the movie world, it's um, strength in numbers. It's mm. like all these mutants are, are banded together at Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like there's, there's that strength in numbers. Like, there's that great scene from um, X-Men 2 when they're in the museum and stuff like mm. that. There's strength in numbers there. Yeah. Whereas it's like this little girl with her dad. It's, it's like you think about yourself as a father. It's like you've got three boys. It's like there's going to be a point in time where you're just like, they're going to be doing something in public or whatever, and you're just going to be like, I don't know if I can wrangle these little yeah. shits in. Like, yeah. What am I going to do It's already here? happening, yeah. Yeah, where well, you just feel completely out of your depth. Mm. Imagine having a kid that's a mutant and mm. you're not mm. a mutant yourself and suddenly you've got this kid who's a mutant. You just, as a parent, you're thinking... I'm so far out of my depth here. Like I can't yeah. even take my my child to a bowling alley. Something that we'd all take for granted. Yeah, I can't even take her to this bowling alley without something happening. Yeah, I think just for me being a, a, a fan of the X Men through screen only, like I haven't read the comics or anything like that. I haven't even seen too much of the old school cartoons. So it's really only the movies and you know this live action show. But to see the difference from the movies where. If that happened to that girl in that bowling alley, if she started to, you know, flicker or whatever she was doing, they would have raced her straight out of there and driven away because it's like, let's hide that you're a mutant. Whereas in this, it was like, oh, don't tease her. She she yeah. was born this way. Please, she's just a little girl. And then at the end where they go to the hospital, it's like, he's clearly a mutant. He's like oozing glowing blood. And them saying, it's not illegal to be a mutant. I'm like, no. Or I think Strucker said that to the to the guy from Sentinel Services. It's not illegal to be a mutant. He goes, no, no, no. But it's what they do with their powers. So that's just a little bit further than the movies, whereas that was it was yeah. so insular and everyone hid their powers here. People are, whether they're out and proud and all that sort of stuff, some of them showcase it and are okay for others to see yeah. them that way as long as they don't do anything bad. So it's just a different world than what the films were. So it's new to me as, as a essentially a rookie X-Men viewer. And I, I like it because it gives the writers a little bit something different to, to play with. Well, what I love is, is especially with that, that bowling alley scene, is the metaphorical nature of it. It's At first, this little girl, she's just kind of fritzing and, and, and blurring and stuff like that. And you think that's her power because... And it does, you know, you see it a lot in the cartoons. Not all, not all mutants can become X-Men, you mm. know. Not all of them have these amazing powers that they can use to fight and, and all that sort of stuff. Some of them have really lame powers. Yeah. And it's like that entire bowling alley was pretty much happy for all these people to make fun and laugh at this girl for fritzing. Mm. Almost, I read it as almost like a disability. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, it's it's okay to laugh at her because she's different. Mm. But then suddenly the thing they were laughing at, the power in the room shifts because she has that kind of pulse that goes out that could potentially be dangerous. Mm. Oh, and suddenly, oh, it's not, it's she, she could be arrested for that. Yeah. And it's like, well, the only reason that happened is because she was in emotional distress from being mm. teased and picked on. Mm. So that, I think that was, that was really, I hope that's eye opening to people. Yeah. And then the other element that I loved is when the father did sort of come and say, oh, look, you know, she could be arrested for that. Why don't you guys just get here? 
he thought he was being a good guy by doing that. Mm. That's mm. the most like f***ed up thing of all. <laughs> is it's like he's telling them they have to go. They can't be out in public because mm. she's different. Yeah. And she can be arrested for it and go to prison, even though she's just this innocent little girl who's done absolutely, as far as we're shown in the scene, has done absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. And I love that then his own daughter, um, Laura's the one that says she shouldn't have to go. Mm. And I, I love that. And it just, the, and it wasn't too on the nose, but that was the kind of the subtext I read it is. It's just like, Reed think, thought he was doing the right thing, but mm. actually he was just sort of propagating, like he was really no different from those bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just doing it in a different way. Yeah, and I, re- I really love that, that subtext of it and the different people will take different things out of that scene. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I can't commend that scene enough. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely uh, brilliant. Last week we spoke about how the pilot was directed by uh, Brian Singer, who obviously helped start the X-Men movie franchise, directed the first two films, came back and uh, did another two and was, you know, helping to executive produce and, and whatnot. Uh, every other one that uh, that Fox uh, made. This episode, uh, not directed by Singer, but was directed by a, um, not a, a major high profile film director, but he has directed some pretty big movies, Len Weissman. Oh. And so he he started the Underworld franchise, uh, did um, the fourth, so not so great. At one time, the worst Die Hard film, now the second worst Die Hard film, <laughs> like Die, uh, Die Hard 4. Uh, yeah, Lenny Weissman uh, doing this. So I like that it did still, it had that, that, that Brian Singer, compared to, I guess, what you might expect if, like, Brian Singer directs it and then some other director comes on and goes, yeah, okay, here's my flavor. Like, mm. obviously, the showrunners set the f- and then you get then you get Brian Singer coming, okay, well, this is this is how I'm going to interpret what you want, and then everyone else just sort of has to come and pick up and sort of fit that tone, but obviously they're going to be able to do it in their own way. But it's still a television show, so directors have nowhere near as much input and 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 um, you know change on the on the overall tone as what they do on the films. But I like that it, it was Len Weissman. You're like you're actually getting two cinematic directors, like two cinematic in yeah. the sci-fi actiony sort of world, or certainly experience in them, uh, coming to direct this. So they might not get anyone else for the rest of the season, but I'm looking forward to who does. But direct hey, it. if they can set it up like that, that's yeah. great. And that's what I find a lot of really good TV series do is they get in really prolific directors for their first couple of episodes while everyone's sort of getting used to it, and it sets the tone. Because mm. you know, if if you're you know, obviously we're doing um. We're doing our Stargate podcast at the moment, get into, over on Get Into Gate. And it's like, well, if we're in season four at the moment. And it's like, well, if a director comes in mm. and says, okay, Carter, I want you to do this. She's comfortable enough in her character and knows the character well enough that she can go, no, she wouldn't do that. Mm. But it's like, you don't want one of these directors to come in really early and give an actor a wrong piece of, you know, mm. information or a wrong way to take something. Because it can really affect the character ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because you know the ca- these actors don't know the characters that well yet, yeah, they don't know how they're going to progress, where they're going to go. So I find yeah, it's really important to get in some heavy hitters early on, establish the tone, and then you know you can get in other directors as you go through. So yeah, yeah I really like that. I did notice. Um, I mentioned last week that their their little sort of um. Their version of the Simpsons chalkboard is mm. every episode title has X in, has the letter X in it. Yeah. And it's, and it's stylized so that it's a capital and everything around it is, is lowercase. Mm. This episode title was just RX. Yeah. Now did I wa- you now I, I did notice that, that no, I didn't. Uh, and I was looking for it, but 
and you say the so it's the X is a capital, but everything else is yeah. small. So it's yeah. lowercase so you, R, uppercase yeah. X. So you obviously instance. looked at the real one. I was looking at it on Fox, and that was the only reason. That was the only way that I saw the title name. Oh, yeah. And it was a capital R and then a small X. So oh, I'd say they've yep. just seen it. Went that means yeah. nothing. Um, but yeah, right now, so I didn't. I don't. So I, don't I don't know, know what that, that is. Did she say what the drug was that they had to get for? Yeah, yeah for but blink. I, it wasn't I'm anything not special. Sure was that it? was that. I'm sure people listening to us going, yeah. "Oh my god, you peanuts!" I'd have, I'll have to go back and have a look. So simple. But Please let us know though. Please yeah. hit us up. On yeah, the, I'd be uh, interested to know if, if, if it was anything. Twitter or write in email. So, Getting at gmail dot com and fill us. Fill us <laughs> in. I did think it was funny um, that you know uh, they've they've. Obviously, they're trying to find a way to make the mother useful. So they're like, okay, we'll, we'll give her some really, 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 really super basic knowledge. She's mm. like, oh, I did one semester of something or other. Geez, that semester must have been bloody informative because yeah. <laughs> she knows her shit yeah. real quick. <laughs> I'm like, wow. She's like a... I've, I've seen fully-fledged doctors on TV shows that aren't as competent as her yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah. to administering <laughs> drugs and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's pretty impressive. Well, she hopefully she doesn't to do. get too far. Oh, yeah. I'd yeah. say that hopefully this would be the limit of her, of her knowledge and mm. power, surely. She had some work to do, though, because... Like I like the idea of someone with the powers of blink that when she is like hallucinating and and you know running a fever or whatever she's near death that her powers be, would be running wild and like just the fact she opened up one portal and then closed and then and then Laura comes along and closes it with her powers and just again powers mm. working either in unison or against one another looked so cool and then it kept opening up to that to that same spot but then come the end when uh you had eclipse and the mother oh god i wish i remembered her character's name but mama strucker come back and there's just like portals opening up all over the yeah. place and there was like it was like a storm was in there it was just like wind it's dark and it's, it's other shit's flying was there around stuff it's like, like it's... traveling through like was there like almost like an energy Pulse well, that's what it looked through? like first i'm like oh there's there's energy beams flying across i'm like no is that just the portals like you know, opening. That's how they look like when they're when they're traveling out from. I, I, I yeah, that could be quite... true. Because uh, I know they're obviously um, sort of establishing her powers. Because obviously, it's, it takes it's a lot for her to open a portal at the moment and mm. hold it. Whereas if you look at Blink from um, Days of Future Past, and, she, and that's closer to what the um, uh, the comic and cartoon counterpart is, mm. is she actually kind of like throws like energy, that's right. energy daggers, like energy arrows almost. I mm. think in the in the cartoons and in the um, uh, in the comics, she literally has like a quiver of arrows on her back, yeah, and she right. kind of just picks one up, energizes it, and throws it, mm. and that opens up the portal wherever it needs to be. Oh, cool. So, and then obviously with whatever's happened here with the growth of power, she's established one of her um, her classic sort of. Um, uh, lines near her brow, yeah. like near her temple and, and through her eye there. So, yeah, I guess it does make sense maybe that, yeah, that's it's little energy sort of pulsing between... Because essentially they're kind of like little wormholes. Mm. So it's... Yeah. So um, it, it, I like it. It's, there's a... I think in one of the cartoons as well, um, uh, Nightcrawler. Mm. I guess just like a common cold. And every time he sneezes, he teleports. Because yeah, he's right. losing control of his powers. <laughs> so I like that they're touching on those sort of elements. That yeah. It's like... As kind of in control, yes, we met uh, Blink as a kind of you know like a, like a fugitive running, but she kind of seems to have a fair bit of control over her mm. power. Mm. She you know she's used to running, but it's like when she loses control, even something as simple as you know just being able to open up a portal somewhere that can be really really dangerous. Like yeah. it opened up in the middle of a of a country road, like a busy road. Yeah, and yeah. Cutting more cars in half and oh, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous power like that. Yeah, yeah that looked. It looks cool, like even last week, just the threat. You could jump through this, 
but you might die because you yeah. she might lose control you and close halfway and just slash you in yeah. half. Yeah, and so when that car come, they're, they're worried they're going to get hit by a car, and then all of a sudden the back half of a Ute flies across the room in the warehouse. Now, on that, what what is that one place that she keeps opening up? Is that her childhood home? Like obviously powers are brought on by like a you know heightened emotional states, you know stress or whatever. She keeps going back to the same place. It looked like a suburban street. Like, mm. is that her childhood home? Like, there's there's something there why she keeps opening it. And does she know what she must be projecting to? Because when Old Mate asked her at the end, you know, he kept opening up to this one place. What would that be? She said, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. And I didn't know whether to believe her or that she that was her instant go-to because she knows exactly what she, even if she doesn't remember doing it, what she would do. Yeah. And I think it's from a writing point of view, it's a clever way to introduce a bit of her backstory. Mm. Because she is the runner. She's running from whatever her past. She's on the run. It's, I think it's a nice way of kind of forcing the other the other characters to kind of ask her and find out more about her. Because yeah. okay. obviously they're going through some shit. At the moment, mm. they're focusing on Lorna. They're still trying to save Lorna and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's like rather than Blink just kind of... And Blink came along too. Yeah. It's like giving us a bit more of her story and going, okay, well, what is she running from? Is it something more than just the fact that she's a mutant? She's being persecuted for being a mutant. Yeah. And it's it's going to help us sort of find out more about her, which, yeah. Yeah, which could be very interesting. And uh, the only other thing I, I just, I'm not even really discussed, but just what I thought was so cool when they got back to um, the warehouse, uh, the mother, mother Strucker. And um, <laughs> I, I love that. Don't think I want to know her name now. I'm just going to call her Mother, mother Strucker. Strucker for the, uh, for yeah, the entire mother season. Strucker. Mother Strucker and Eclipse drive back and as they're pulling up and she's just like, no, no, we've got to get inside. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? He's like, yes, it's okay. He has one of our people here can project fear and it helps people steer clear of the warehouse and makes them stop going in. That's cool. And she just kept freaking. It wasn't like once she knew that she felt okay. No, she kept freaking out. And I'm like, that's some powerful shit, man. Like yeah. you can just look at someone and make them feel uneasy and scared. That's a dangerous and very scary little power there. So yeah. I like that touch that and they've just set up a perimeter, yep. you know, and it's not like it's a, a, a trap or something that's going to hurt somebody. Yep. It's just, it's telling them it's that internal thing, just telling them to turn around that something's yep. not right. Mm. It's a really clever way to hide their, hide their location. Now, one guy that I do really uh, enjoy, I think because I, I want to say that he was from Third Watch, a, uh, a, I want to say cop drama. It was cop and Ambos and Fireys uh, drama mm-hmm. from uh, from the early 2000s, and I'm pretty sure he was in that. But he's like the, from what we see, like he's the, the head guy um, of the unit for the Sentinel services who's doing all the interrogation with, uh, oh, with Reed Strucker. The bald, the bald, bald guy. guy. Yeah. I really like it. I just like his delivery. Just like he's there. He's you know he's talking to like a mate half the time. He's like, "Come on, man! Like you can stop this whenever you want." But then on a dime, boom, he's like, "You can make this stop if you just tell us where they are." Tell us what you want. I hate him. I I hate him. I hate the character because I'm like, "Yes," but I I like what he's doing. I like the way that he's delivering those lines. I think just because again, he was such a nice guy in Third Watch that I'm Ah. I'm sort of drawn to that actor. But I'm like, oh man, I want to like you because you look like a nice guy. But God, you're doing some really awful things. He's to just these so people. sleazy. Yeah, he's just like oh, like I thought Reed's, uh, Reed, um, the the Strucker kid's yeah. dad was bad to begin with. But I'm like, no, this guy's this guy's next level. Now he's talking about the July 15 incident, and that's where his kids died. He doesn't know whether it was a good mutant or bad mutant, you know, collateral mm. damage or or a victim. But the July fifteen incident, and it was almost like September eleven ish. The way yeah. that you, you say that you, you I, I say to you now, you know, December twelve. Like, okay, 
what September 11. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it had that that sort of aura around it. He goes, even though he said incident, but him just saying on July 15. I'm like, oh man, some some serious shit must have went down there. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's you know some backstory for him and about why Sentinel services exist or to a certain point, which yeah, they do. It might while shed prisons... some light onto where the X Men and the and the yeah. Brotherhood are. Yeah, yeah. Could have yeah. so, been a fight between the two of them. Absolutely. And she was killed as collateral damage yeah. or something like so that. I wanna so I want to know. I want to know more. I want to know more about July 15. I yeah. don't know when we're going to get that. Maybe not for another two episodes, eight episodes, whatever. But I, I do want to know more yeah. about July 15. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's going to have But some... he's, he's almost like the anti-read. It's like he's doing this almost from a place of revenge. It's yeah, like yeah. He, well, not so much revenge, I guess, but it's... He was hurt. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can to stop what happened to me mm. happening anybody else. Yeah. Which I understand that, but for me, he's... He's a bit dark side. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's willing to... Where Reed was very by the book and very sort of, you know... Yeah. I feel like this other guy's, yeah, he's just a bit... Yeah, I don't, I don't trust him. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like he's gonna do, be doing some shady shit. Which even makes it funnier, like when they just they they talk about the law. Like, I just expect the Sentinel services to not obey the law. Like when yeah. Strux is in there going, man, as long as my lawyer gets in, I'm like, this feels like the type of organization that would not even make you call your lawyer, not let you call the lawyer, yeah. you know, not let you be in a room without being recorded. Like, I, I, I don't trust these people to abide by the law. That's what they're, they're inflicting on people is, oh, that's against the law. You're going to a mutant jail. Yeah. But they wouldn't go through all the due processes. They would just lock you up and throw away the key. So mm. I almost giggle every time Strucker says... Well, you can't charge me with anything. And, you know, like, you have to let me go soon. You have to give me my phone call or whatever. I'm like, no, he he might have to, but he won't. I have a feeling a Sentinel Services guy is going to he's gonna go a bit that way because we got that tease right at the end of that creepy scientist. Oh, yes, Garrett Dillahunt. I, I like him. Is that him. who he is? Was he... I saw the face and I'm like, is he the Terminator yes, from Sarah, Sarah Chronicles? Like, very early. I think he only yeah. lasted a couple of episodes. But yeah, he was in yeah. that. I, I fell in love with him in that Raising Hope, which was just a oh, silly yes, family comedy. you know. And that was funny. He was the dopey dad. That's and right. he was so good in that show. And But he was very convincing Terminator as well. Because yeah. he's a big guy, big solid guy. And even in this, he's, he's obviously playing a scientist. He's got the beard. So he, he looks a little bit less intimidating than what he did um, with, uh, with maybe Terminator. Yeah, we definitely he, don't want him to have a... He, Clearly, he's not going to be a physical threat. He's going to be more uh, a psychological threat, whatever he knows. I yeah. feel like he maybe, I don't know, maybe he's connected to the Sentinels somehow, uh, or whether he's going to be more like a anatomy doctor and he wants to study mutants. I don't know, but I feel like he's going to give our Sentinel Services guy a chance at doing some really shady shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to, you know, he might be the, the back, <laughs> for lack of a term, the backdoor guy, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they, because... What, I don't think they said his name, so no. I don't, I don't, and I don't want to go ahead and look yet. So I'm interested to see. I can't see it be. There's a few names that jump out. Obviously, Trask that we mm. do, saw in in Days of Future Past, and then there's a few others, um, like Pit, uh, uh, Henry Gyrick, who normally is with Senator Kelly and stuff like that. So I don't think he's going to be one of those three. Mm. Um, so we're interested to see whether he's a brand new character or whether he's a tie into the comics somewhere. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Nah, nice little tease uh, there as well for episode three. So we'll be back uh, next week to talk episode three of The Gifted. Elsewhere on Getting a Geek, you can check out uh, more Marvel TV with our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast with Maddie and I. Ben, Terry and myself talking DC TV, the uh, Arrowverse uh, couple of shows. 
we haven't brought in Gotham along the way or anything else like that. But well, uh, it turns out you don't need to anymore. Really, so. <laughs> um, we also have some movie reviews up on the channel. Uh, Deadpool soon to come. Han Solo back a couple of weeks. Avengers Infinity War. As Maddie said, we are part of a uh, slightly separate podcast called Get Into Gates, uh, which is a bit of a nostalgic podcast. We go back and watch Stargate SG-1, one of our uh, little cohorts here on Get Into Geek, uh, Brees. Never seen an episode of his life until about two years ago. We said, we're going to change this. We're going to fix your life, <laughs> and you're going to watch some Stargate. And we go back and uh, talk about that show. Bit of a uh, yeah, nostalgic look, perspective look, retroactive look on that show, as well as looking at it through uh, some new eyes. You can combine all those words and just call it a retrospective, I think. Retrospective. Yeah. I, thought I, I think that's what I was trying to get to <laughs> uh, eventually. And I'm like, nah. Uh, I, the problem was I was reading something while I was saying those words and I'm like it's got nothing to do with go-karting which is up on that board over there um, <laughs> so you can check that out on uh, the podcasting channels uh, as well Get Into Gate a Stargate podcast otherwise follow us on the socials Get Into Geek Facebook, Twitter and Instagram myself Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram Maddie uh, at High Pitch Maddie on Twitter and Instagram uh, go hit him up on Twitter he loves it we'll be back next week to talk more Gifted yeah. GetIntoGeek.com